Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So apparently wherever you go now, you see seltzers in different flavors popping up. And I was thinking, when did this actually become a thing? It kind of sneaks up on you. You don't understand it. It's kind of like when, you know, you used to use Yahoo and then all of a sudden people say, Google it, right? When did this happen? We don't, it just kind of just happens. Um, So it's kind of interesting. So it looks like White Claw in the alcoholic seltzers was the first one. And for those of you that don't know, White Claw hard seltzer is an alcoholic seltzer water and it's manufactured by the Mark Anthony group. Now, it was first introduced all the way back in 2016, but it got really popular, I think, in 2019. It's sold in many different flavors, and the only other uh, seltzer that is kind of right in their league is Truly uh, truly Hard Seltzer is the runner-up. They hold about 25% of the market share. Now, the dominance of the claw market is probably due to being in the right place at the right time, similar to Kleenex and you know, all of these companies when they come out with stuff. But what I have a hard time with, and this is kind of what's burning my bush, is that White Claws are pretty good and the others are not as good. (laughs) And that's really where I have a problem. It's like, why do companies need to say they've entered the seltzer market if their product is not as good as the original? It's kind of like electric cars. If it's not Tesla, go away, okay? Because Tesla is the one that started it. They know what's going on with it. And all these other companies are just following what Tesla did, right? White Claw was early on the scene. They were the first hard seltzer brand to become a household name. And not only that, but that's where the vernacular came in, right? The meme led to the sponsor, unsponsored Claw Me Bro with the Instagram, right? And there ain't no laws if you're drinking the claws, right? Remember that. So White Claws pretty much have done a really good job of this. And, and this is why all these other companies are now trying to get into the market. Coors is in last December with the Vizzy hard seltzer. Oh my God, that's nasty. I'm sorry, but I, I you know, they're not going to sponsor me anyway. So Vizzy hard seltzer, do not, do not like it at all. Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser came up with ones as well. And I was at a party and I had some of the mango. Oh my God, it was awful. And I'm just wondering, like, because the seltzers that White Claw does, they do something different, and the and the mangoes are are very good. So my thing is, is if you try these other brands, maybe you like them, maybe you don't. But ugh, my point to all of this: if one company gets it right, do we need a knockoff? I mean, obviously, if you want a Versace and you want something to knock off there, it's going to save you some money, and you can buy something to watch off the street that might look like a Rolex, but it's only $100, maybe that would be the case. But in the case of seltzer, have you ever gone to a bar? It's still going to be $5 or $7 or depending on where you are. So I just don't get it. Copying is the is the dearest form of flattery. But if you're going to copy, then at least do it right. Claws out, bitches. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is making her second appearance on the show. She last appeared July the 4th. She is one half of the morning show, the Danny Bonaducci and Sarah morning show on KZOK in Seattle. Please welcome the very talented and lovely Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. Thanks for having me, truly lover. 
Truly. I love it. (laughs) Truly, truly. Every time I see that, I think of that song and it makes me, I know. Have you had, I'm sure you've had all these seltzers. I'm drinking them as well. I have. And I feel like it's like a bit of a peer pressure type of thing that I I know it's not going to be something I'm really into, but I had to try them. Uh, I will say some of White Claws are decent. The Bud Light ones are pretty gross. Yes. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> awful. Awful stuff. Yes. I do drink, if I'm going to have any of them, I do drink Truly because that is a sponsor of the National Hockey League. Oh. So I want to support because I love hockey. Uh, the only exception I would say is if you go to maybe a local brewery, they might be using better ingredients. And they want to have a seltzer on the menu for the person who doesn't like IPA because they have bad taste. Agreed. So sometimes it, it can help to have, you know, a small batch, but it is a, it is just like a peer pressure thing. Everybody's, everybody's drinking this awful product. So now you've got to try it too. Well, I know. And, and, and I, I'm one of those that used to drink the summer shandies all the time at the pool, but I, you know, the claws are great. But what I found out, which was interesting, cause I did a little research on this and I found out that uh, seltzer is less seasonal than initially thought that you can drink these all year and beer is actually taking a dip, which I know you do a great thing on beer. And we'll get to that on the show that you, you, you do a great thing and you try all these different beers, but it looks like millennial and Gen X consumers aren't as interested in beer as previous generations. I think that's what the problem is, right? It's definitely part of the problem. And I, I will say if you go, I don't know if, uh, if everybody has a Total Wine, uh, Total Wine or a BevMo, huge, huge liquor stores and everything is set up by aisle. So you go to the vodka aisle and you're going to see, you know, 50 different kinds of vodka. If you go to the seltzer aisle now, which is now a thing, you will see probably 50 different brands of hard seltzer and 90% of those are failing. So I think we are going to see a shift away from it, even if Gen Z... And uh, millennials are shying away from beer. There's going to be another trend, whether it's PBR coming back or, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're really into drinking lagers or something. This hard seltzer thing can't last another year. No, because, I mean, when we were growing up, there was um, I remember the Zimas. Do you remember the Zimas? Yes. That never- I have a friend who yeah. still seeks it out. Well, it's kind of like Tab, I guess. The, the Apparently Tab yes. went away and, you know, but, but Zemo came around and Zemo was like one of those things, where you, you know, it was like wine coolers, right? That, that came around and that was popular sure. and then they kind of went away, but Zima never really did very well. And I always wondered about that. And now these seltzers come out. It's pretty much Zima, isn't it? Or close. Yeah. But you remember Mike's Hard Lemonade yeah. and Smirnoff Ice. Those were, were re- real big for a while. Yeah. And it's sort of like you said with uh, Yahoo being the go-to and next thing you know, Google. it's Google. Right. It's kind of like, you know, we'll ask Tom from MySpace. It's just something else <laughs> that, swoops in. That's a perfect, I should have thought of that, MySpace. That's another, brilliant, by the way. Facebook took over and just came around after MySpace yeah. and just did it either, did it better maybe? Is that what it is? Is that what Google did? Or is it just you know, the timing? It's timing, it's trends. You know what we should do is create a something new. We'll bottle it, a something alcoholic, whatever it is, we're going to bottle it. And then we get TikTok influencers who are 21 years old 
and they'll just totally blow up hard seltzer for whatever this is because TikTok now rules the world. Yeah, pretty much. And I don't even know what that is. Like, I've never been on TikTok. <laughs> I, I, really? Yeah, I've never been on. I don't have no desire to go on TikTok. Am I supposed to do that? Is is Len, Lens Burning Bush supposed to be on TikTok? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, not necessarily, but you as a, as a person okay. should be on TikTok. If you wanted to go into your front yard and burn a bush for Lens Burning Bush and then put it on TikTok, that's how that would work. Okay. Well, interesting. Now in the, a way, it's good, though, because it is highly addictive because it's short form videos. So if you go on there and you see something hilarious, next thing you know, you're going to be on there for 20 minutes looking at more 30 second bits of hilarity. Is it kind of like the cat videos all over again? Or we're getting yes. the cat video, the funny cat videos. I just I don't know. I mean, in two, so the, getting back to the hard seltzer for just a second, I wanted to read these numbers to you because I think these are ridiculous numbers. In 2019, hard seltzer. So look at me, salsa, like I'm salsa. Um, hard <laughs> seltzer, say, that's the uh, Yiddish, you know, <laughs> salsa, the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it's like nobody wants to say salsa, salsa, right? But the seltzer industry sales grew 226.4%, while beer sales grew less than 1%. Isn't that mm-hmm. amazing? That is. I do wonder how much... Uh, how much did beer sales drop off and if those numbers are being attributed to hard seltzer, but also it, it is age. Like you said, it's, it's people under 30 and are they going to be like other people who turn 30 and then realized, Oh wow. Whiskey's really good. Yeah. Something you thought was disgusting in your twenties. Like I thought Jack Daniels smelled like dirty socks. <laughs> <laughs> next thing i know i'm like wow i really like the flavor of dirty yeah. dirty socks you're you're a dirty sock girl there you go and that's kind of the <laughs> you should do the dirty sock weather there you go that would be <laughs> but but no I, I i kind of agree because my son who just turned 21 mm-hmm. he's drinking alcoholic beverages legally now because god knows he probably did before we're not gonna you know so he was looking for something to drink he didn't know i mean he's trying different things uh, i'm a vodka person i like vodka doesn't always work for everybody else. Like, right. That's another popular thing. Tito's, right. I drink Tito's oh, yeah. and Tito's and, and club soda. People go, well, that that's terrible. Like, why would you drink that? And I like, cause I like it. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, you go to Vegas, Tito's and soda. It's kind of, kind of easy. Yeah. Um, but people like in Kentucky, they like bourbon and, and, you know, I like sure. bourbon too. I don't mind it. Uh, but, but like you, I'm, I, you know, there are certain things I don't like. And one thing that I, there's two things that you should never do after midnight, right? And that's tequila and fireball. Those are two things that nothing and, good can and happen. And feed gremlins. Yes, and gizmo, right? You can't feed yeah. them after midnight, <laughs> and you can't get them wet or something like that. But that was a <laughs> we warned you. You didn't listen that that movie. So I don't know if you've noticed the other trend uh, is so you've got the uh, White Claw, then you've got the Truly, and you've got the other brands that are coming out, but then you've got the ones that are high octane. And so that's just made for people who really want to get drunk faster. So they'll be like 8% as opposed to a White Claw, which is 5%. So now the whole thing is trying to outdo the person on the market before you. Oh, mine's got more booze in it and it costs the same price. So why wouldn't you want to get drunk faster? I, you know, that's the other problem. Do you really want to get drunk at all? Like, I think the idea, the idea is, is you want to get a little bit of a buzz, right? Not to the point of where you're, where the hell's my car? You know, I You're don't such think such a grown up. I am such a grown up. <laughs> it's, it, we, you know, it's funny. I, I'm dating myself because the movie Arthur 
in 1980, uh, you know, came out. You ever see the movie Arthur have, with yeah. Dudley Moore? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's in the car. Beat him in once around the park. You know how much I love the park, <laughs> right? So we're in Vegas and we're in a limo. First thing I thought of was like, beat him in. Put it around the park. I want I want to get a good view of the park. But why are people that drunk? I mean, that is just over the top, right? There's a point, and it's, I think it's kind of like the same thing goes for eating. Like, do we need to eat that much? You go to other countries, which you've been, and I've been to Italy and to Munich. Um, so I've been a couple of places outside of the, the U.S. and Canada, of course. But I noticed that in Europe, the portions are smaller. But mm-hmm. they give you kind of like a little flavor, a little taste, right? If you want dessert, you get a little piece, not a big piece yeah. of cheesecake. Like that's going to, you know, you're just going to be like, oh, oh, my God, I ate too much, right? We just eat too much. We drink too much. Like everything is just always got to be the top, uh, you know, where you got to drink the 8% as opposed to the 5%. Because yeah. God forbid you drink the 5 The land of excess. Yes, a little bit. Now, now what are your... Thoughts, you know, you like beer, I know that. And you do, uh, on your show, you actually go and visit beer. We've talked about this the last time you were on. And you go and try out different beers, which I think is wonderful, by the way. You're giving, you're doing a, a, a good service for the for the population, <laughs> especially in Seattle, right? You're getting sure. everybody to know what beer is good. Now, do you actually say what if you don't like something? I don't, you know, do you really go, that sucked? Or no, you can't do that. You got to be no. political. I try to be a little diplomatic and I'll say, this is not to my taste, you know, because there is somebody who might like it. You know, if you don't like the mango white claw, well, someone else clearly does, or it wouldn't be in a can, you know? So if I go to a brewery and I think it's not good beer, maybe it's just me and they, there's someone out there who is enjoying it. There have only been a handful of times where I really wanted to say this beer is bad, kind of hold yourself back a little bit, but then next thing you know, six months later, they're out of business. Oh, well, that's you know that's too bad. I mean, I went in Germany. I went in Munich. I took a tour of the Eyinger Brewery mm-hmm. and loved every minute of it. And they had great different beers. I wish we could get it in the states because it's it's kind of hard to get, and I really enjoy that. But I like trying different things. I'm, I'm kind of open to that. I don't want to be the, that guy that, oh, I love Budweiser and I'm not going to drink anything but Budweiser. I mean, I drink Coors Light too, but I like the other stuff. I like to try. I mean, I like, you know, sometimes I feel like a blue moon. Is there anything wrong with that? Like a once in a while I have a blue moon or, you know, whatever. I kind of like the, um, we actually have a tap in the house that we got. And I think I told you about this the last time because you wanted to come over. I have a tap in the house that actually has a German, uh, German beer and we get it, uh, we get it delivered. It's, it takes a while. It's like eight or 10, but it's a small tap. It doesn't fit that much. You could probably fill up a couple glasses and then you got to put another one in another canister. But it's, um, right now we're doing kind of a, kind of like a, a, a summer kind of a light, um, version and it's good. I, the darker beers are getting to me now where I don't like them as much as I used to like a, like a Bex. I, I, I liked it growing up, but I, you know, I don't like it now. I like the lighter. Okay. I like the lighter stuff, but I'll, I'll drink it. You put it in front of me. I'll try it. <laughs> I mean, what's the point, right? You know, we, we sit there and drink those shots of fireball and you'll do a shot of tequila. Uh, no, it, no, we on that. Oh, good. You are but, not putting a shot of fireball in front of me. Well, good. Do you like any shots? Uh, have you done the, um, the Scooby snack or have you no, tried any that? of those? It's, it's, um, 
I don't know what's actually in it. I know the whipped cream on the top of it. So for me, that's good. And then there's the mini Please beers. Please tell me you're doing this with your son. Uh, I'm not doing that with my son, but, you know, we're... <laughs> no. Where are you getting the idea to drink shots with whipped cream on them? Uh, I have uh, I have friends that, let's just say, that even though they're, they're of the 49 to whatever range, we'll okay. just say, they like to go out and party. And they, they, they party. And they had younger... Uh, they had kids, you know, um, that are a little bit, you know, of the drinking age and they were able to, you know, it's kind of like their test market, right? They find out what they, <laughs> and so I get involved with all the young, you know, with the young kids stuff. If you ever come to my house and you have a, my playlist, you'll notice that there's a, there's even T-Swizzle and there's, I have, I try to, you know, be up, try to keep up, try to keep up, although it's very hard. Like we just talked about TikTok because I, there's certain things I just don't want to do. I'm just. It'll I'm a, help you. Yeah, I know. I'm a curmudgeon for some things. I really am. But it's it's kind of <laughs> interesting. So you don't try any of these any shots. You don't do shots when you go. Not out. a big shot person. I love making cocktails. Mm-hmm. So I'll make like fancy cocktail Friday, and I'll find a cool recipe, and doesn't matter if it's tequila or whiskey or gin, and I just want to have a nice cocktail as opposed to a shot, which to me just means get drunk fast. Yeah. As opposed to savor and enjoy a, the flavors of a cocktail. Agreed. Now I sound like the mature one. Yeah, you're you're the mature one, and I'm not. But we have uh, even at bowling, we'll uh, we have a friend of ours that passed away, who um, loved the peach uh, crown um, shots of, of Scott. I guess that's whiskey, right? Peach crown, and we we do those shots for in honor of him. But you know, oh. drink it. You're like, and it's cold too. You get the cold uh, shots. So those, you know, but every shot, everybody has the same face. And we, of course, this is on, uh, we can't see your face, but it's like, like same with fireball. You got that, uh, like that face. Uh, um, it's the same with like a whiskey. It's like, it feels like it just goes in. Um, but people like it, you know, again, I guess that's where it comes full circle. I don't like some of the truly ones and I don't like the Budweiser sells but there's obviously someone who does because they keep, they keep selling it. So you know, these are the things that we talk about on, on this show. Now, have you had any trouble sleeping lately? Do you sleep well? I sleep well, yeah. See, me, I, not so much. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I, I try. I mean, I have a sleep number bed. I do all the things I try. But I think it's because of a lot of alcohol or a lot of drinking before bed. It doesn't It doesn't go well, right? Yes, yeah, the shots. That's what it is. I got to stop with the shots. But apparently there's a new method. If you're having trouble sleeping, I don't know if you've, you've heard this, but have you ever heard of the 478 method? 478 method yeah. of sleep? Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, apparently, it, it deals with some origins of yoga, and it insists that thoroughly scientific, it, it's vetted, apparently. It's a simple breathing technique that works to calm stress by activating your parasympathetic nervous system, I guess, uh, and it's known as your rest and digest mode. So the first thing they, they tell you, this is according to Vogue, okay? Because it's got to be right, right? If it's according to Vogue. Uh, it says to breathe in through your nose for a count of four seconds. And then you hold your breath for seven seconds, Whoa. okay? Which you can't do on the radio. But um, <laughs> you exhale for eight seconds, making a whoosh sound through your lips, through your pursed lips. And then you repeat it. Up to four times. Now they say that the four seven eight method can be used to kill stress and calm your body at any time of the day, and not just bedtime. So if you want to do it at your desk, you're more than welcome to. 
Uh, and they say if you can more consistently use the technique, the better it works, just like anything else, I guess. So give it a try and see if that's the answer to your sleep. So if you're sleeping good. Maybe Matt isn't. I just figured we, you know, we got to be um, do like a service like you're doing with the beer on your show. You know, if people are having trouble <laughs> sleeping, try this four, seven, okay. eight technique. And I'll try to post it on uh, my Lens Burning Bush Facebook page, too. Uh, people you can also try. just do a shot of NyQuil. <laughs> you know, I will tell you this. Just, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. But years ago, all that stuff would work for me. Like any of the um, Vicks, all that stuff that has the, the NyQuil. But it has a reverse effect on me now because they took something out of it. I think oh. it, it, do you remember when people were using um, Sudafed, when they were making that to make meth? They yeah. took something out of the, of the NyQuil's of the world. So when you take it, it actually keeps you up at night, which I've noticed. It's like my heart huh. starts to race. Where it never did before, so I don't know what's in it now, but be used. To, I agree with you. That would be something that I could take and I'd go to sleep, and it would be, it'd be beautiful. But uh, this stuff keeps me up now. It's like co cough syrup with codeine now, right. which used to work. That's another thing that keeps me up now. So I don't know what. Well, they, they say you're supposed to meditate throughout the day, but that helps. Uh, oh. That helps you sleep at night. Okay. Well, maybe I, you can try that. I can try something. So mm -hmm. you and I have had a conversation off the air about parenting. Mm -hmm. And and I want to bring up a story that I found, which I it's perfect for what we talked about. We talked about how parents today are just kind of, you know, we, we don't understand. They're very coddling. Um, they are, friend, you know, they, it's different than when we were kids. But Paris Hilton, do you remember Paris, of course? Of course. Yes. Yeah. She predicts she's going to be a strict mom. Now, if that's not <laughs> something that's odd... But she says her sister, Nikki Hilton Rothschild, and their mom, Kathy, co-hosted Christmas in September event at a toy drive on Tuesday in L.A. And they spoke to Extra, and Paris shared that she one worry she had about having a daughter, uh, you know, which she previously revealed she'd named London. But these are the things that she worried about, and she wanted to make sure that she was a strict parent. Now, that is going totally opposite of her growing up, but I guess you have to stop it at some point in a generation, right? Well, yeah, and I guess she attributes some of the problems that she wound up having to her parents letting her just fly free and that she was partying and going places as a teenager and she didn't have anybody telling her no. So then she got sent to a school for bad kids where she says all sorts of bad things happened to her. So I guess she's thinking if you then all of a sudden for your kid are super strict, those things won't happen to you. But what often happens if you are too strict with your kids? Yeah, yeah they're going to they're gonna rebel. They rebel. Yeah. So good luck, Paris. I know. Good luck, Paris Hilton. <laughs> so going from Paris Hilton, we're going to go to uh, Kira Cedric, Cedric and uh, Kevin Bacon. Now, mm -hmm. you want to talk about, we need a little more, I don't know if you saw this, but we need a little more than just six degrees of separation to these two. I don't know if you saw on Instagram or Facebook, but apparently um, on Sunday last week, the actor Kevin Bacon shared a photograph on Instagram of a thong where uh, belonging to his wife of 33 years that was monogrammed with a cheeky message featuring his initials. And in the comments section, Cedric wrote, um, thanks for airing my dirty laundry. I don't know if you saw this, <laughs> but it's kind of funny. It, it apparently says, I heart KB on yeah. her thong and and it's like why would you share your wife's thong on social media 
And I'm just thinking, I guess everything is open now, right? All right. You're not putting, you know, hopefully that's not going to happen in your house. Ah, uh, no, I think Matt knows I would kill him. Yes, exactly. Well, why, <laughs> why is it okay for Kevin Bacon? I guess Kevin Bacon can pretty much do anything he wants. That's what it comes down he's, to. He's a darling. Yeah, I think, um, it, you know, there's a handful of people in the world that you feel like everybody likes. The Rock, for example. Yep. Love The Rock. Every, everybody loves The Rock. And mm-hmm. who doesn't like Kevin Bacon? Well, so exactly. even though Ke- Kevin Bacon dis- decided to share a picture of his wife's thong... Uh, which, you know, was cute, but most people would get upset. You can't get upset because it's Kevin Bacon. Right. But it's interesting how, you know, you're right. It is the person doing it that makes it okay. Like, it's just like, oh, it's just Kevin Bacon. What do we care? Uh, but chef. if he had shared a picture maybe of her sleeping or something, like, that one's not cool. Mm-hmm. Sharing pictures of people sleeping, that's just, that's creepy. Yeah. No, I. Uh, more so than underwear. Oh, really? Uh, see, I would think the <laughs> underwear would be a little more creepy. But what do I know? I, you know, I don't. I don't know much. But uh, what do I? Know? I'm just doing this. I don't recommend either. No. With your. Wife. I don't. I don't think is. I. think we got to stop taking pictures of everything. I was in. I swear to God, the other th- the thing that irritates me the most is when you're walking somewhere and somebody is blocking the walkway because they're trying to take a damn picture on their cell phone. Just remember it. It'll be there. Because seven years from now, you're never going to remember that picture that was on your phone that you might have lost and it went to another phone and you have no idea where it is anyway, right? Yeah. It's too much. Save at the moment. Do you, I mean, you just went to, so you traveled a bunch. You've been to Africa, which I would love to go. So how was it? Uh, I would recommend it. You know, Matt and I planned this trip for several years. It's not a real easy trip to just do at the last minute, but then because of COVID, we postponed it and then this... Uh, beginning of the month, beginning of September, we just said, okay, let's, let's just do it. And the only reason we felt safer doing it is you get tested constantly. You need to show tests to get on the plane, doing temperature checks everywhere. And so we felt pretty good the whole time. And everybody we met on safari was totally vaccinated um, and safe and seemed uh, like they took it all very seriously um, you know, at the same time, like you were saying about taking pictures, seeing a lot of animals like giraffes and elephants and tigers, you, you want to see it, but you also want to take pictures because you can't believe you're seeing a tiger two feet away from you. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I don't blame you for taking pictures of certain things, but it's like everything. It seems to be on the phone. They're taking pictures. Stop. Sure. You know, there was a, there was a PSA that I saw about, uh, a, a they showed a couple of different reactions to what would happen if you did something different as somebody walked by you, right? So the first one was the person walked by each other and they were not looking at their phones and they met each other and they fell in love eventually, oh. right? The second one was they both, the same two people were on their phones and they never met each other because they were looking only at their phones. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you never know who you're going to meet so put the damn phone away for a second. You don't need to be on it. It's, it's you know, I did an episode a couple weeks ago. You know, it's a $1,000 phone. It can do all these wonderful things except make a phone call. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just we're so, it's like crack, right? It's oh, like, 100%. You know, it's crack. And, and I think that we are always on it, but we got to stop every once in a while and enjoy. Like when you go to Africa, 
Just enjoy. I mean, take it all in. Um, I was once watching um, my son's. I coached baseball for a long time. And the one year I didn't coach was the last. So they, they played one more year with another team, not with the team that I had. So it was like when my son, I think, was like 15. And I'm in the stands. And one of the kids at shortstop made a over-the-shoulder catch, which I can vividly see in my mind right now. And it was a wonderful catch. I never took a picture. But all these other people, they sat there and they took a picture of it. Do you really remember it better if you just watch it or take the picture? That's the question. And I think it's the other way. Like, I always remember yeah. it better. Well, I mean, this is going to sound real heavy, but what about in 30 years when you're struggling to find those memories? Maybe then you're going to want that picture to help jog your memory to try to get it back in there. Yeah, I guess. But I, I want to tell stories. I, I, I'd rather hear the story because sometimes like as, as I've done, I do play by play for for sports, as you know, mm-hmm. and I. I like taking, you know, doing the picture, you know, doing it on the radio, kind of explaining from left to right, from right to left and putting yeah. a picture in someone's mind. And sometimes the story is just as good as the picture, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Right. True. Picture you just well, kind of. That, that's a gift. Well, I guess I have some kind of a gift. I don't know what it is, but it's it's a, it's a gift <laughs> of something. Um, now, did you watch. uh as somebody who grew up, you grew up in Boston, so you, it was a little different than Jersey like me. But did you watch The Sopranos? Were you into The Sopranos? I was, and I was living actually in New York at the time, and we used to have Sopranos parties. People would come over, mm-hmm. and everyone would sit there and watch it because I don't think the DVR really existed at that time. No, so it started, it was, was must-see TV on Sunday night. It was You had to yeah. be there. It on, was a big deal, and we would have as many people as we could fit on my couch and it was it was a big deal watching The Sopranos. Yeah, it's it's kind of fin- interesting. It, it all changed after that when we started binge watching and whatever. But The Sopranos was a series that you really wanted to watch it on Sunday night. Now with HBO, you could watch the replay at another time, but you couldn't watch it on demand at the time. Well, I mean, maybe you could, but mm-hmm. it was more of Sunday night. But you wanted that Monday morning to, I mean, water cooler, whatever you want to talk about. Totally. But it, but at work. You wanted to make sure they watched it so you could talk about it, and it was just—it was just a phenomenal show. And of course, we lost the late, you know, great uh, James Gandolfini, who had a birthday recently. But his son—I don't know if you saw this—but there's going to be the prequel coming out, and his son looks so much like him. Yes. It, is re- it is crazy. But October first, the prequel to The Sopranos, The Many Saints of Newark, is premiering in theaters. And I think I've got friends that—and I have HBO Max, but I think we're going to the theater instead. Really? Yeah, I want to go to the theater. I really do. That's a big deal. Well, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I met James Gandolfini in New York once. We went to a bar called Hogs and Heifers. And if you remember the movie, I think it came out in like the 90s. Uh, cow, what's it called? Cowgirl, Ugly Cowboy? Cowgirl. Uh, ca- cow, uh, yeah. Uh, ugly. Um, I know what you're talking about. You used to dance on the bar. Uh, yes. So Coyote, that's Coyote and Ugly. That's there you it. go. Yeah. All right. So that was a bar based off of Hogs and Heifers. It was uh, in the meatpacking district of New York City, and it was a bar where girls would go up onto the bar, dance, take off their bra, and throw it, and it would then hang on the ceiling. And it had, like, sawdust on the floor, and it it wasn't a nice bar. It was, like, a total dive bar. And one night we went in there, and it's me and two of my girlfriends, and there's James Gandolfini by himself, and we were playing pool and he came over 
by himself and played pool with us. Just like wanted to, to play in. Didn't say much. Super quiet guy. Super nice. We lost. We gave the table over the next people and then just went, holy shit, we just played pool <laughs> <laughs> with Tony Soprano. <laughs> now, now, what's great about that story is that I think people get too enamored with celebrity. They're just, you know, again, like regular people. They want to do the things that you want to do. But mm -hmm. the people that like, oh, my God, they get they, they start, you know, getting into their face and they want to touch. It's like, get away. He just oh, wanted to play. Yeah. He didn't know who he was. He, and, and that's yeah. probably, he probably loved that. He knew mm -hmm. that you knew who he was because how could you not? And yeah. he just wanted to play pool and not deal with yeah. the bullshit of just, you know, yeah. of, of everything. And it's just it's kind of nice. A great story. He he um, I didn't have any good stories like that. But that, that is a that's a tremendous uh, Sopranos reference. Look at you. You're just amazing. <laughs> now, of course, you and your girlfriend did not. Uh, put your bras up in the rafters, I would imagine, right? Or we're not going to... Oh, your, uh, your, hus <laughs> your, your husband is not around, right? We, we can... <laughs> I love it. I well, love on it. the G-rated side of things, you didn't show anything. You didn't lift your shirt up. You you did take your bra off through the arm. Now, so if I, if I maybe didn't leave there with all of my clothing, nobody saw any of my privates. Oh, well, that that's terrific. Just I just find it yeah. interesting that you girls can do that. Like, you can do that without <laughs> taking... We have so much trouble getting it off. And it's just, I don't understand how you could just take it through the through your shirt. And it's, it, yep. yeah, it's a kind of an amazing thing. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll digress a little bit. And we'll find out how we can hear... Sarah's dirty weather forecast because would you would you do like a little dirty forecast for me uh, on the show or you're not allowed to is it copyright? oh I, I, yeah I'm not allowed to everyone will have to go to kzok.com okay to hear it for perfect themselves. see look at that we promoted it so, <laughs> so how do I so how do I consume other than k is it kzok.com but is it um is there any app that they need to download or they could just go to the kzok kzok.com or the free iHeartRadio app um those are the two easiest places to see it. Yeah, you. Uh, this is a must listen to everyone because she does the best dirty forecast in the business. She is. She is. And <laughs> Thank she, you, of, course, of course, she doesn't. Uh, it, it's not something that comes naturally to her. She has to. She's a great actress, and she does a wonderful <laughs> job doing it. Right. We don't want to do it, but I. I think we got to watch the Sopranos new movie, and then we will. You and I will talk about when it does come out. Are you going to go see it, or are you going to do the? Um, you're going to do the HBO Max. Man, I don't know that I'm ready to sit in a theater. Okay. Uh, I will I will see how I feel when the time comes because I am also anticipating that movie very much. Yes, I love it. I can't wait. Um, if it comes out on October the 1st, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Sarah, you are a genuine treasure, and uh, I, I love talking to you. I could do this for hours, and I'm sure no one else wants to hear me talk for that long. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Len. It's Thank always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Now, you can like Len's Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. We even have a YouTube channel, Len Harvey. So if you type in Lenny L1015 on YouTube, uh, search for Lens Burning Bush and listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeart Radio, as you mentioned, and tune in. But you can even, so before you had to ask Alexa something, you can actually ask Alexa to, to play Lens Burning Bush, but make sure you say Lens Burning Bush, Lens Burning Bush, easy for me to say, podcast, <laughs> podcast. Okay. Because you don't want to say just lens burning bush. I don't know what comes up. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be the person that says, hey, you know, it's it's yeah, it's kind of interesting. But thank you so much. I hope you'll do this again because uh, I have a lot of fun 
uh, talking to everybody each week. And, uh, you know, we you did this last July. It's already uh, end of September. I can't believe how the time flies. Time flies. Well, pandemic will do that to you. I, I, I totally I totally get it. But of course, you never get any older. So that's another good thing. But thank you so much, you, Sarah. I'm Len Harvey back with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.